We are digital nomads. We work anywhere. We're not limited by location. We're not limited by self-belief. We are works in progress. I'm Beck Power, and this is the Nomad Me Podcast. What is up, guys? Today, I'm um, going to interview my friend, Lise Cartwright. Uh, Lise is a prolific writer and fellow Kiwi, so you'll be able to hear our um, awesome accents. And this was a fun interview. I asked her how she once wrote seven books in seven weeks, how you can write quickly and get started right away on your book, and how to self-publish successfully so you're not launching to crickets. Let's do this. Lise Cartwright in the house. Yay! Hey, Lise. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. I suspect you're currently located in New Zealand. I am. As Although, per- it's, I'm, I'm not wearing... Big jumpers yet. It's oh, still yeah. quite warm. Very wet, unseasonably warm at the moment. Yeah. I'm very weird. <laughs> that is odd. Yeah, here in Thailand, it's it's been raining a lot and it's like the dry season, so it doesn't make any sense. Um, <laughs> it's like everything's changing. Exactly. Global warming. <laughs> that's that's right. Or, or the Chinese hoax, as some people yeah. say. Um, exactly. So I'm so excited to have you on today because we are going to talk about writing books. And I have mm-hmm. actually you about this topic before uh and got a lot out of it and thought that I would re-interview you for this project so I'm excited thanks for being on that's okay um but you're not a nomad and so you are a little bit a little bit outside of our usual interview sphere um what are you doing a nomad though (laughs) have you did I know that when yeah we um Gosh, when did we do that? So 2013, we were in Thailand. Then we went to um, New Zealand. Then we went to Canada, uh, Australia, then Thailand again, then Canada, the States, and and back. This is where we're in New Zealand right now. So, yeah. So we've been here 18 months. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's not too long. Yeah. And then we'll we're off again um, June, July. Hey, that's pretty nomadic. I'll give you that. <laughs> I like it. We all define our own definitions anyway, don't exactly. we? Exactly. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's get started talking about how you either, I mean, how you got started writing books and mm-hmm. just your basic background. Yeah. So I got started writing books back in 2014 but prior to that probably for a good six months I had been thinking about writing a book but completely freaked myself out at the thought of doing it Mm -hmm. Um, so just spent a good six months just kind of researching and in just that research mode where you're reading everything consuming everything but not really sure how it's going to apply to you um, and then after I got married in 2014 and then literally, I don't know, two or three months later, I came across um, self-publishing school and I thought this is exactly what I need to learn how to write a book. And I went through that whole process, became very addicted to it um, and went on, you know, since then. So since 2014, I've published 26 books with another four to five on the cards for this year so um, that's amazing <laughs> and we're not just talking about those you know um like my book which is like 25 pages and I'm like it's a book it's published <laughs> on Amazon 
We're not talking about those kind, right? How long are your books? No, no, we're talking, well, I mean, that a book is a book. <laughs> You've got it. If it's on Amazon, it's a book. Um, no, so yeah, so my, my books are around, they range from 10,000 words to 45,000 words in, in between. So um, yeah, they normally take about four weeks to sort of write. Um, but prior to all of that, I was a full-time freelance writer. Um, I had left my job in 2012. So prior to that, I was working in administration. So no prior experience as a writer, even, you know, coming into freelance writing, just really wanted um, the, the main reason for getting out of my job was to, you know, as most people want to, to kind of have time back to myself and the ability to work from home, but also work from anywhere. So that's why I started freelance writing moved into being an author and now I'm a you know I'm a full-time author and a full-time author coach so I live and breathe writing and everything author related Mm, amazing what um what's the benefit of writing books in terms of as you write it for cash I usually write mine as lead generation as a lead generation strategy. Yeah, it's I mean it really when you when you're thinking about writing a book that's probably one of the things you need to be super clear about as mm. to the purpose of the book. For me when I when I went through the process I was looking at it from a business perspective so I wanted a passive income I wanted to generate another um, income stream but not just like I'm not um, writing things that are just crap you know, just put it out there. <laughs> That's not what I'm doing. I'm, I'm writing with a view to build an audience and build my reputation and expertise in the fields that I'm writing in um, and then providing value. So everything that I write is from a teaching perspective. I'm always sharing, like I'm, I'm teaching um, and you can't reach everybody as an individual person. So that's another reason why I chose to write books is because you once you publish it on Amazon, you have the ability to reach hundreds of thousands of people versus just the small amount that you would that you can effectively reach on your own without paying a ton of money in advertising costs and stuff like that. You know, if you if you publish a book and you put it up on Amazon, you actually have far more reach than you would mm. um, paying for Google Ads or Facebook Ads or something like that. Um, so yeah, so mine is is both passive income and lead generation as well because I'm you know I'm a coach, so it's funneling people into that whole process as well. Um, so and I think that most people that come into writing a book, they kind of land in the passive income option, but where most of them fall down is that they don't think about it as a business, um, and that's that was definitely that has definitely been my experience through coaching is that. People go, yes, I want to write a book and I feel like that's going to be a relatively easy thing for me to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but for some reason, when people approach the process of writing a book, they just they don't put a business hat on, not like you would with any other side hustle. You know, when you're coming into freelance writing or coming into being a freelancer and of any description, you know that there is a level of business stuff involved. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to being an author, I don't know why there is that disconnect. Um, but if you don't approach it in that way, then it's your books can very quickly just be swallowed up by Amazon and never heard from again. Like they die a very painful death <laughs> if you don't approach it in that way. Yeah, I think I hear what you're saying about that because um, when people do, you know, start a blog or do rent anything really, I think mm-hmm. 
in when you're creating something, a lot of times you're like, if I build it, they will come. And yeah, they just don't, you know, like maybe, you know, years ago when the internet was first invented, but um, nowadays you, you can't just, you have to have a strategy. So, yeah. but we'll, I'll ask you about that shortly, Ooh. but I want to know how much, um, or actually let's talk about your process uh, writing these books. Cause you get a lot done. Do you do seven books in seven weeks? I did. Yeah. It's so funny. I'm, I'm doing a workshop tomorrow that is talking exactly about that. Um, to kind of break down that whole process. Mm. So at the end of 2014, after I'd sort of, I'd published about two books, I I sat down and was doing my goals for 2015. And I thought, what would be something that would be just really cool to start the year off with? And I had seen somebody else do something similar, but they had done something crazy, like 35 books in 35 weeks. And I was just like, I'm not at that level. (laughs) But how could I do something similar? So I was like, maybe I could do seven books in seven weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's exactly what I did. And the I wouldn't recommend that at all. It's not a very <laughs> it's not a very comfortable process. What mm-hmm. I what I would recommend is a, a book a month or a book every two months. So that's like that's an achievable goal and is doable once you get your system styled in. But to, to do that process, and I did it, I did do seven books in seven weeks, but what I didn't do, um, what I figured out sort of halfway through the process was that I couldn't write, publish, and launch. Yes. It was the launching part that was the struggle. So at sort of after about the third book, I went, you know what, I'm just, I'm not going to launch them. I'm going to launch them at the end. I'm just going to continue to write and publish one a week until I'm, I'm done with that seven weeks, and then I'll do a launch. So that's what I did. But to kind of, when I was planning it out and that was the thing. So to achieve doing something like this, you have to have a plan. I didn't just sit down in front of my desk and go, okay, let's start with book one. I planned it out. So I, I sat down and the first thing that I did was I already had a blog. So I was like, okay, well, how can I repurpose that content? Mm. So I went back through and looked at sort of the overarching theme of my most popular blog posts and went, okay, how can, how could I potentially create books out of those? And so what I ended up with was a seven book series around um, freelancing, but the business side of it. So, and it's, you know, it's all the boring stuff that no one wants to deal with, but you kind of have to deal with. Um, So there's a, it's a seven book series. um, And I just literally broke it down, like, you know, how to figure out what you should do as a, what freelancing skill you should do, um, how to find clients, how to work, how to work with clients and you're making sure that you're getting contracts signed, all of that sort of stuff. And then working all the way through to how to grow your business, the tools that I use to run a freelance business. So all, all of that sort of stuff. So it was all these individual books. So to do that, I started with a blog post. I mind map every single book, Mm. um, outlined them all, based off the, um, the blog post. And I did all of this before I started the challenge. Cause I, that's, I, I was a challenge and I, I wrote about it on my blog. So I did all of this prep work before I sat down to do it because I knew that the process was going to be pretty full on. I had to write the book in a day. So day one was writing. So eight hours in front of my laptop, writing a book. So doing the first draft. The next day was a self-edit. 
with the view that by the end of day two, I was handing it off to my editor. So I had already reached out to my editor and said, I want to do this challenge. Do you have the bandwidth to do this? Because this is the tight time frame and turnaround and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So there was, like I said, there's all this planning. So editor um, was having the book on day two. Day three, I was subtitle, title, cover design, um, and getting the edits back from the editor, making any of those changes. Wow. So yeah, day four and five was formatting. Um, day six was uploading it to Amazon. Day seven, publish. <laughs> so, just- I, this is crazy. You know, when you first told me this story, I thought that you wrote the book in seven days. You wrote mm-hmm. it in one day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because my, that's what I mean. My challenge was seven books in seven weeks, but I the initial challenge was to write, publish and launch them. So I knew that. And so that was the thing. So on day seven with the first book, I was doing a launch. But then the very next day, I was starting the writing process again. And by this, by that third book, I was just like, you know what? I can't effectively launch them and start writing. You, like you just can't be launching and starting the writing process because the launch process is is a five day you know five to seven day process Mm -hmm. so it was too much overlap and my head was just about exploding and by the time I finished that seven weeks I did not want to write another word I took over six weeks off from writing I just took a break because I was just like I just I can't I just physically can't sit down in front of a computer because I just don't want to write. I had yeah. like tapped myself out. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a great experience and it really helped me dial in on my process. But yeah, I definitely wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> so, I mean, that lady that did 35 books in 35 weeks, oh. nuts. That's, no way. That is crazy. <laughs> And how many, so there were like 10,000 or more words per book? Yeah, so the first book was about 10,000 and then the following books were between 12,000. One of them was about um, 15,000. One was 20,000. So um, I'm a fast typer. So I knew that I worked out um, how many words I can type an hour and it averages between 15,000 to 2,000 words an hour. So I knew that if I was doing eight hours a day, it was relative, I would have a fairly good amount to work with, you know, if, if you're doing 2000 an hour and you get a roll on when you're, you know, if you've been typing for about an hour and you just continue typing, you, your speed just increases. Mm-hmm. And because I was writing content that I already had some content to work with, I was kind of repurposing and just expanding on it. It was a lot easier than just trying to come up with a book topic from scratch and sitting down you know, it's not like I was sitting down in front of a blank page with a blinking cursor trying mm. to figure out what to write. I, like I said, I had that plan mm. in place that allowed me to do that. So as soon as I was, you know, I'd finished book one, I'd move straight into book two and just the exact same process, rinse and repeat. Um, and having my editor and cover designer lined up obviously helped as well. So I had already reached out to them. When, when I concocted this crazy idea I reached out to them first to see what their availability was before I even kind of started the process because I would never um publish a book without it being properly edited and without having someone do a professional cover so those two people were super key yeah aside from the writing (laughs) just the writing is enough for most people I tell you (laughs) I know (laughs) 
Um, When I think about it now, I'm just like, I can't believe I did it. I don't, that's what I mean. There's no, I wouldn't do it. I can't, I just. Do you think you would have achieved or attempted that had you not seen someone do 35 books in 35 weeks or something similar? Like if someone hadn't done a book in a week, would you have thought you would have been able to do it? Um, the thing was, I was so naive. I had no idea. I just, I had, I literally just saw it come through in my emails and she just said, you know, I, I'm doing this. She was in the middle of the challenge herself of her, of doing it 35 books in 35 weeks. And I, and it just, I just thought, oh, I wonder what that would look like. Having no idea, really having only published two books at that stage. Mm. Um, so I think the fact that I maybe didn't know is probably what allowed me to do it. Cause I, I couldn't really freak my, you know, I'd gone through the process of yeah. two books. I was like, I, you know, I'm, so I was fairly comfortable from the writing perspective, but yeah, the rest of it, not so much. <laughs> I love it. You know, coming from the point of view of making daily podcasts and daily videos and stuff Mm -hmm. for me, like watching people break four minute miles, kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like that. Mm -hmm. And when you see someone else who's done it, you're like, yeah, all right, you can do it. And it's, it's really fun to to see all those different types of um, achievements. So well done. Yeah. I think, I think for me, it was just, why not just try really? I had nothing to lose other than some of my my sanity my husband was just like you need to stop doing this it's like no I've set myself this challenge I have to finish it <laughs> Lisa I love it I really think that the best kinds of entrepreneurs are the ones who look at stuff like that and like fuck it I'll give that a go yeah why not yeah like <laughs> who cares if I fail let's just give it a go yeah exactly um so in terms of let's just go back to that layout structure so if someone wants to write a book and it's overwhelming Mm-hmm. Um, the best thing to do is, I mean, you took a blog post, mm-hmm. obviously probably one of the, your most popular blog posts and, and yep. divided it out into topics, paragraphs, whatever. Yeah. And then made each of those into a chapter, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Easy. So then, um, it's kind of making the skeleton of the book. Yeah. It's, and you know what, there's, there's a bunch of different frameworks that you can kind of work with. There's about eight different ways that you can kind of structure a book. Mm-hmm. What I do quite often now is I will pick up some of my favorite nonfiction books and see how they've laid them out. Like the ones where they are teaching something like there are takeaways at the end of each chapter, um, something for me to implement. I will look at those books and go, okay, so this is, this worked really well. I was engaged. How can I replicate that in my own books? And so quite often now, even now, most of my books now follow that same structure where I'm, it's either, step one, step two, step three, like you follow that, you know, so chapter one is step one or it's a a framework. So you do like an introduction, um, you talk about the problem and then the solution is the framework. So you've got introduction, problem, solution. So that's that's another framework that you can kind of follow. Then it could be lessons learned. So it might be lesson one, lesson two, lesson three, lesson four. Like that's another way to kind of structure your book. It's, yeah. All I would say is looking at other nonfiction books that you really enjoy, and like I'm talking about this from a nonfiction perspective, um, is one of the easiest ways to kind of then envisage what your book would kind of look like and then you can start a skeleton Mm. Um, because I find that it's a lot easier to structure the book like that for me 
to be able to then sit down and write if I know the flow kind of initially. It doesn't mean that I always follow that flow when I'm writing. I might start with the middle chapter or, or something like that. But as long as I know what that flow is overall, it just it makes things a lot easier. Hmm. And so when you're choosing, obviously we're talking about nonfiction in this episode, but when you're choosing um, your different niches, how do you choose them? And do you, is it safe to go into multiple niches or should you just stick with one? Yeah, so what I would say is that like, I'm planning to write fiction um, probably sometime this year. I haven't quite decided when, but I will. And so I'll write under a pen name because I don't want to muddy yeah. the water. You know, it would be confusing for people to look at um, Lise Cartwright and then go, wow, she's written a fiction. Particularly if I was writing something really like erotica or something like that. Wow. (laughs) Big disconnect. Big disconnect. So that would be all that I would say is try Mm. and stick within the same niches. Amazon allows you to have three pen names under your, under one like Amazon account. So you're not, if you're worried about that, at least you've got that option and you can open multiple accounts. You just have to have multiple email addresses. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, I have written in a couple of different niches, but they're all interlinked because I'm talking about it from the perspective of, of being an entrepreneur. So I, I write, um, I've got some books in the health and fitness niche, but they're aimed at entrepreneurs. Like I'm writing at, about them from that perspective and then obviously I've got everything else is about either um, being an author starting a side hustle or freelancing and again all based in being an entrepreneur so finding that common theme is is what I would recommend because it makes life a lot easier for you on the back end when you're talking about um, if you want to build it it's like building a brand if you want to build um, followers and and readers that you want to connect with and influence. It's a lot easier to be providing content to people who have who have got similar interests rather than trying to, um, you know, if I started writing cookbooks or, you know, just really random stuff like that, then I would have to have a very specific sequence of blogs and emails and stuff like that that just went to that group. And I'm like, I'm already writing enough as it is. Like I'm writing blog posts and I'm writing books on this topic, that would be a that would be quite difficult to do. Um, so yeah, I would say try and stick with complementary niches. So you can definitely write um, different books, but just find that common thread. Cool, cool, cool. Um, last questions before we move on to the uh, quick fire round, which I know you're <laughs> extremely intimidated and nervous about. Um, what exactly how exactly should a book launch go what are the what's a launch for me sometimes a launch is pressing the go button what is <laughs> what is, so a launch is really this is people get really confused with this because we talk about publishing and launching and that it can get very confusing so publishing is when you hit publish on your book on Amazon. So if you're doing your paperback or your Kindle, the minute you hit publish, that's your book is live. Yeah. That doesn't necessarily mean that's when you're launching. You might, and I would always recommend publishing a week before your launch date so you can test everything. Wow. So you can test your link so you can make sure formatting hasn't wigged out when you've uploaded it to KDP or create space of, you know, stuff something up with Mm -hmm. your cover and it's not aligned correctly. So always give yourself that buffer of a week 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then so your launch date is when you choose to start sending traffic to your sales page. So it's just like you would with a, think of it as you've published a blog post, now you're going to share it with everybody. It's, the launch is very similar to that. All that you're doing now is talking about your book. So when you talk about your launch date, it's when you're strategically sending traffic to that page. You might start having some paid traffic going to that book at the same time. And generally, when you're in launch mode, your book is maybe 99 cents if it's, if it's an ebook, and you might have the paperback at 9.99. So do that. You can have that for seven days. You can do it for two weeks. You could do it for three weeks. The, the launch time is really up to you. Mm. Um, but basically, all your marketing efforts happen in that amount of time. Um, and then once that is over, you would increase the price of your ebook up to $2.99 at a minimum. Um, you can kind of play around with price points, $2.99, $3.99, $4.99 max for an ebook. Mm. And I would definitely increase your price from the paperback from $9.95 up to $15.95 or $16.95 um, and do it that way. So, yeah, so your launch is really just that concentrated marketing effort mm. over that period of time. And you can do that when it, you know you can do that whenever you want, but you want to make sure that you do it within the thirty day time frame of of hitting publish, so that you take advantage of being a hot new release on Amazon. You only get that when your book is published. You can't get it back. Okay, you can never feature on that list ever again until so, you publish a new book. <laughs> got it. So, would you recommend? Um, obviously, you want to have an audience, some sort of audience or list already. Mm-hmm publish to what are some other strategies for getting sorry I said that was the last question it's not surprise <laughs> um what are some other strategies for getting traffic to buy your book um so Amazon's pretty good at sharing your book with people so you you could if you were really smart and this comes down to understanding search engine optimization from Amazon's perspective mm-hmm. and you had chosen the right keywords and you put your book in the right categories and you were sending the correct traffic as in your target audience to the book, Amazon would pretty much take care of it. You wouldn't have to do a lot of actual paid promotions because Amazon's machine learning knows what people have purchased. And so if your target audience is buying it and they've got similar interests, Amazon then goes, okay, I know who this book will work for. I'm going to promote it to this group of people. If they buy, Amazon goes, I know exactly who else is going to love this book. And they continue to do that. Mm. In terms of actually getting the traffic there, if you don't necessarily have an email list or something like that, then that's when you'd want to connect with the book promotion sites. There's a ton of them. All you have to do is search Kindle book promotions Mm. and you'll get a massive list come up. Um, Kindlepreneur, like Dave Chesson's site, he's got a great list of all the different book promotions. That's where I would invest my funds if I didn't have a list. And that's exactly what I, did, what I did because they promote your Kindle book while it's in the 99 cent, like while it's in launch. You choose your dates and they share it with their email lists and they send traffic to your um so it's a really low cost way to do it because most of them start out at you know some are ten dollars some are twenty five dollars some are sixty dollars it all depends on how big their email lists are wow. um, so that would that would be what I would recommend if you're kind of just getting started rather than trying to build an email list um or you know there's so much stuff going on 
do that after the book is is done. Use the book to build your email list, but with that initial launch, just um, send paid traffic there. Use the book promotion sites because they know um, who's buying what, who's buying what. They have all their lists segmented based on genre. Mm. Um, this makes life a lot easier. Epic. Good info. Thanks. Um, moving on to the quick fire round. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm ready. I know. Uh, what is your favorite country to visit? Oh, Toronto, Canada. Wow. Not what I would have expected. Okay. <laughs> um, Toronto, Canada. Uh, what's your favorite book? If that's too hard, what's your favorite genre? Uh, favorite book right now is High Performance Habits by Brendan Bichard. Mm. Be meaning to check that one out. That's so good. It's okay. <laughs> so really good. It's going on the list. Mm-hmm. Um, what is a passion project or a cause that you care about? Oh, passion project cause I care about. Mm. Passion project. Gosh, I'm working on some, but I can't talk about them. Um, cause oh. I care about. Pencils of Promise. Nice. Just was part of a um, a bundle where we donated to um, Pencils of Promise, twenty five percent going to um, Pencils of Promise, which is really cool. Oh, that's fun! What's that yeah. called? The actual bundle? Um, yeah, so it's called the Indie Author Bundle, and I feel like today is, was the last day. And it's run by GiveGrow.net, and they're um, a new company that is doing these bundles where you donate, you choose the amount that you donate to get access to the bundle and they donate a 25% of your donation to a charity. And this first one was to Pencils of Promise. It's very cool. That is a cool idea. Yeah, I, it's I have super a cool. charity I love and I'm like, man, why aren't I doing that? Okay. That's mm-hmm. so cool. I was, I, when they approached me, I was like, ah, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a no-brainer. Why wouldn't you? Oh, man. Yeah, um, that's happening. The wheels are turning. Awesome. Um, what is your advice to someone who is thinking about writing a book right now? Um, done is better than perfect. Mm. So this is my mantra for the whole process, no matter what it is. So I find people either get stuck in trying to perfect their writing yep. or they get stuck in trying to come up with the perfect title, subtitle, or they get stuck in trying to come up with these amazing social media images, just all, all that sort of stuff. Always think minimum viable product when you're doing this because the great thing about being a self-published author is you can make changes as often as you want. So even if you find, you know, you hit publish and you're like, oh my gosh, there is like a spelling mistake or something has moved, you can just upload a new file <laughs> and it's updated within like eight hours. So yeah, done is better than perfect. That is my advice. Just start, just do it. But just remember, don't worry about it being perfect. We're human. Nobody expects things to be 100% perfect. I don't anyway. Wicked. I am in total agreement. Um, <laughs> where can people find you online? You can find me at hustleandgroove.com. Easy. Easy. <laughs> Lise, thanks for coming on the podcast. Really appreciate no problem. it. You dropped some golden knowledge bombs today. Oh, I'm so glad. Inspiring. Like <laughs> Great to have you. Yeah, it's good. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in today. If you love Nomad Me, make sure to leave your good review on iTunes. 
Every week, I select a reviewer to win a lifetime Nomad Fly membership for free. All the show notes can be found at digitalnomad.me. See you tomorrow.